0: Spring training games are in full swing, and Jordan Youngs makes his triumphant return to the show to talk about the Mariners, how the season looks, how the spring looks, and what they might do in the future. I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields. Back again, Jordan Youngs, the uh, former Seattle area resident, former Washingtonian, calling us from an undisclosed location on Courts and Fields. Welcome back, Jordan. Timothy, it is a
1: pleasure to be on with you on Courts and Fields. I have to say, uh, I know we're going to be talking about a little bit of Mariners, but um, I kind of feel like there's a Courts and Fields curse going on. Um, if you recall the last time I laid out how the Eagles were going to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Yes. And uh, everything was going according to plan. And then what happens? The refs give uh, Mahomes and uh, the Chiefs their, their late call. They keep them in the game. They go down and win. You know, they're they're celebrating their second Super Bowl. So... I am a little gun shy to talk about the Mariners and their
0: possible
1: successes <laughs> here because of the Courts and Fields curse.
0: Well, you know that that's uh, Kevin uh, Mendelson and I have joked, you know, joked about the curse. But you're right. Also, with the football game, we didn't know that the field was going to be watered down so much so that it's still in the news almost a month after the game. I guess, well, three weeks at least after the game about how the field was watered poorly.
1: Why can't we just have like a normal Super Bowl or a normal big playoff game without bad field conditions, terrible calls from the refs? Like, why can't we just have a normal game with two hard fought teams going at it and like, you know, an exciting ending? Why does there always have to be controversy?
0: Uh,
1: well, as uh, Eric Bischoff,
0: uh, former uh WCW and WWE uh personality once titled his biography Controversy Equals Cash.
1: Well, hey man, I mean you said it yourself we're still talking about it a couple weeks out from the Super Bowl, so I mean there's probably something to that.
0: And I have to say uh you are the original sports conspiracy theorist and I have started to see the light and uh some of our listeners have begun to see the light too. Well, hey, man, um, my
1: tinfoil hat uh, has a lot of wearers. I'm trying to uh, bestow it on you. Um, But, yeah, man, I mean, we've been talking about it. Sports is a big business, man. There's a lot of money wrapped up in it, especially with the online betting. So I'm just trying to say, I mean, are they really going out there, playing a neutral game, leaving it up to chance on who the victor is? I don't know. I like to ask questions.
0: Hey, you know what? Those are fair questions to ask because the money wasn't as big, uh, you know, 30 years ago when we first were getting into sports. So, That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Fair you know, enough. so things change. But, yeah, no, uh, well, hopefully that uh, when the script is handed out, in the next couple of years, that the Seahawks will be champions on one of those scripts. Yeah,
1: when are they going to write them into being another champion? I mean, <laughs> do you think it was scripted the 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 Russell Wilson second year to win the Super Bowl? You know, Legion of Boom. I had to think. You know, they want the NFL probably wanted Manning to
0: win it. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think uh, uh, I don't I don't think the 2013 was scripted. Just because I mean that was just a beatdown. They yeah. broke the script, man.
1: I think, I think you know, they might have wanted it. But, I mean, the Hawks were just so good in 2009 or 2013. They were just unbeatable, man. They were unstoppable.
0: Yeah. No, that's uh, probably the best football team you and I will ever see. Uh, I agree with you on that one. That's for sure. You know, but, uh, yeah, well, the football season is over. And, look, Jordan, I can talk football with you all the time. Uh, oh, and we, of we We will talk draft. Uh, in a couple of months, when uh, the, actually the NFL Combine is going on right now, um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. But uh, you know, I guess well one one more quick football thing we uh, yep. we would be remiss to not talk about the Russell Wilson article that came out uh, last week. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, what do we always say? Where where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes, and and I know. I know we have covered this at length on your podcast, Um, so I I won't rehash a lot of what we've talked about. Yes, but I, I would not be surprised if uh, we already knew that Russ and his agent were kind of making these calls, saying saying these things like, "Hey, we want to win. We want to win. Why do we do this? Why don't you let them throw more? What's going on?" You know. I yeah. would not be surprised if Russ and his team made it known to ownership or upper management that say, Hey, why don't we bring in somebody else who has a different philosophy other than Pete? Because as we know, Pete run first, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play good defense, <laughs> play tight, defense, be conservative on offense. And we all know Russ wants to be the best. I mean, he wants whatever, all the rings. He wants the MVPs. He wants the commercials. He wants the sponsorships. Yeah. And he's not getting them in Seattle. So what? What's kind of start making some noise here, which it makes a lot of sense now. And then, you know, like, I feel like Carol and Schneider kind of just like flipping a switch. They turned on him. They're like, hey, you're gone. You know, like, if if you're, if you're your stud quarterback is sneaking around behind your back, possibly asking for some sort of change, like, you don't tolerate that. You're like, all right, you're out. You're done.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. Uh, I agree Russ has changed. Uh, I also am uh, – I am not naive enough to think that he did not. Or, you know, there, there are some people that, you know, Deny it. Uh, Schneider and Carol did not say it didn't happen. Russ came out and denied it. I I think what bothers me about the Russ stuff, and granted, I'll say this: I was team, as you and I've talked about, I was team, uh, team Russ. You know, getting rid of uh, um, Carol and keeping Russ—that's what I said they should do. Now I yeah. admit I've seen the error of my ways. Uh, you know, if, uh, if sports fans predictions were a hundred percent, we'd all be running teams, but you know, we all make mistakes. Uh, well, yeah, but so, you know, go uh, ahead and finish oh, no, thought, no, you right? and then I got, I got something for you right after you finish your thought. Okay. Right? I, the only thing I was going to say is I just don't like the piling on like, uh, a KJR host, uh, who does some work on the Seahawks broadcast was like. Saying, oh, yeah, he's been trying to get people in the building fired, not just, you know, like support staff. And then change it to my understanding is, you know, and and again, if you're reporting that, what did he do? I mean, you're just being vague. That's what I hate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: We, We don't know
0: if this reporter or this
1: article from the athletic is true i mean look man we're we're in the era of narratives and uh, i hate to say it but fake news um and headlines you know draw clicks and so you know will we ever know the actual truth of what was going on behind the scenes in the seahawks building i don't think so but i got this gem from twitter and i got a few that i had uh i picked Uh, out for you because listen man as you're your longtime friend for a couple decades, you know, I, I, I have a few talents and, and one of them is knowing what pisses you off yep. and, and knowing what kind of stirs debate with you. And so yep. uh, this is one, this is a Russell Wilson uh, tweet that I had picked out for the show today. Um And I got some other ones too, that we could probably go over later, but uh, you know, so Russell Wilson came out and said, I never tried to get Pete or John fired, whatever, you know, he tweeted that out. So then your boy Rico fires back. <laughs> he goes, "All the bitter Seahawks, he lives rent-free in y'all in y'all's heads. He apparently is to blame for everything. Never mind Pete is a sub-500 coach. Has never won anything big without Wilson. Glad I left with Russ toxic ass fan base. Your your thoughts. Okay.
0: <laughs> So, okay, Rico, I mean as we've talked about, you know, uh, you know, uh stats stats don't lie, but some people say stats are for losers, blah blah blah. He's not wrong about Carol's record, but you know who else doesn't have a winning record without a uh uh without a um uh Hall of Fame, arguably the greatest quarterback ever. Well, not really, pretty much arguably anymore. Bill Belichick is not a winning coach without uh, mm. Tom Brady taking That's the snaps. A fair for point. Him. So point. it's really, I don't know. It's really, it, it. I, I just hate those arguments because I mean, it's, it's true. But like, you know, Phil Jackson won a ton of titles. He also had Michael Jordan the arguably greatest player ever Shaquille O'Neal, arguably the most physically dominant player ever. And uh, Kobe Bryant who patterned his game after Jordan and was, you know, probably a top 10 or 15 player all time. Yeah, no, that's fair. You don't win without good players. I guess I should say quarterbacks the most important position in sports. Agreed.
1: Agreed. See, I knew See, I, I know how to pick these tweets. Again, <laughs> I, I know, I know what kind of gets the juices flowing for you. So, well, so um, it's
0: my boy Rico. I guess he's saying he's a Denver Broncos fan now. I guess, I guess that's what
1: he's saying. I, I he, I guess he was a Russ fan and he's just kind of left uh, the
0: Hawks behind. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. There's yes. some weird people on
0: Twitter, man. There are, I'm one of them. Um, but. While
1: we're on football, Tim, yes. I got one more for you, and then okay. I know we're going to transition into baseball. But yes, sir. I know, I know, this one's going to get you fired up because <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 fan base versus fan base. Just okay? oh. so give you a little bit of background. So yeah. this is 49ers fan oh. versus Seahawks fan, and they're talking about. I mean, they're basically comparing the historical franchise t- uh, together. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, this is your boy, Mr. Faithful 49er. Okay. Okay, so he, he's he's trying to defend the 49ers. He goes, five Super Bowls keeps this team relevant, you goof. When folks talk about the best franchises in the history of this league, I promise you that no one sniffs the Seahawks. Laughing my ass off. Get your <laughs> ring count up or shut the F up forever. Okay, then um, – your your seahawk fan says they want to talk shit like winning super bowls are easy have the audacity to talk like even in the same conversation as the big boys one ring got them acting up okay so maybe he was uh, another 49er guy oh yeah
0: another yeah another
1: <laughs> so so then they're firing back at the 49ers they go you weren't uh your boy calvin you weren't even a fan when you all won those rings. That's like a Bulls fan saying, we have six rings. Do you hear yourself? And then uh, your 49er fan goes, "Sorry, Seahawks with the losing playoff record and the Niners had the most playoff wins in the history of the NFL. Your thoughts.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> There's a few things. I would want to <laughs> fact check that Niners having the most playoff wins. Because In NFL history. In NFL history because, I mean, it might not be – I mean, let's say what. Yes, they have uh, – I mean, they have – what do they have, four titles? Four titles, five titles. I forget what it is. They have a lot of Super Bowls. But my boy Calvin brings up a great point. All these people rocking about yeah. – or, you know, bumping their gums about rings that they didn't witness. You know, you've got two yeah. kids. They can be Seahawks fans, but they weren't alive when the Seahawks won right. their Super Bowl, you know. And it would be like them walking up to a Cowboys fan and being like, "Oh, we've won one," you know. I mean, obviously, Cowboys yeah. have won more. I just, I just am not a fan of the ring count because it's not relevant. I mean, in right. our lifetime, I mean, we're pushing forty. I think the Niners have won two or three championships. But you know who else has? The Giants have won that many <laughs> in our lifetime. Yeah. The Patriots have won six. They've won twice that. So it's like, yeah, you know, and also like, slow your roll, 49ers fans, uh, you know, it, we're talking about 1990, like you can't even watch your last Super Bowl on a DVD.
1: yeah no that's fair and uh yeah your fact check so i just googled it uh the new england patriots and the san francisco 49ers seem to be unfazed by this added pressure as they both have notched an impressive 37 wins during the postseason marking an
0: nfl record so they weren't wrong but they weren't being completely truthful either Uh, yeah that's true yeah so rah, 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 rah. <laughs> I love Twitter, man. Twitter no, Twitter's great. It's terrible, but it's great.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I, well, I might
1: surprise you with a couple more later in the book. Oh, I,
0: I look forward to it. Uh, now, <laughs> transi- <coughs> sorry, transitioning to uh, our main focus today, it is the beginning of March. And just about two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, pitchers and catchers reported to their wonderful sites in Florida and Arizona. Uh, we have about a week's worth of games now. Uh, baseball is back, and so are our Seattle Mariners, no longer on a playoff drought. And Jordan, you attended a playoff game. <laughs>
1: It was awesome, man. Um, you know, I drove from my undisclosed location here in Texas <laughs> to Minute Maid Park in Houston to catch Game Two of the ALDS. Let me just tell you, Tim, I honestly thought the Mariners uh, were maybe a hit or two from possibly winning that series against the Astros. I don't think. I think I, they got swept, but it was much closer than people thought. Um we just missed a home run in that game that I was at. They needed a you know a couple big hits to score some runners that were in scoring per, uh position. They gave up that home run to their what was it their their big hitter their big left fielder Alvarez alvarez uh Castillo pitches him what like three or four inches off the plate to the outside dude <laughs> muscles it out opposite field for a, that was I crazy think it was a three three run home run i mean, i, I mean place was going nuts. I will say. Astros fans are really cool. I wore my Griffey jersey. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, man, I love watching Griffey. You guys got a good team. You're going to be awesome. So uh, Astros fans, they're awesome. Uh, they, You know, there there was probably like 5% Mariner fans there. Um, and, we, you know, we were all sticking together. But, um, man, you know, I, a couple hits away from – that series ending differently. In my opinion, I don't know what happened there. That 18 inning game where they were their season ending. I mean, that, that was just awful. You know, they were going up there trying to hit home runs for seven straight innings. It seemed like, but um, shoot, man. I mean, I, I I'm excited. I have to say I, I'm excited. <laughs> and, um, I, I saw him firsthand. This team is going to be electric. Um, you know, can they match their win total from last year? I don't know, man. It's baseball. We'll see. But um, certainly exciting heading into the 23 season for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, you mentioned Astros fans. I think Astros <laughs> fans are a lot like Niners fans. I think there are some good, some really good Niners fans. Just like I think they're, well, that's disgusting what I just said. And I'm about to say, <laughs> too, there's some good Astros fans, nice ones. But it's mostly the knuckleheads on Twitter that ruin it for those fan bases. Agreed. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: But, yeah, the guys I ran into in person, super nice, super fun cool yeah.
0: guys, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it is an uh, optimistic um, view of the season. The Mariners did not sign. Well, their big free agent signing was A.J. Pollock to, uh, I guess, platoon in left field or be a backup uh, right fielder or center fielder in case anything happens to Teoscar, Oscar, who was the big uh, trade or trade acquisition and uh, Julio. But the belief also being that Jared Kelnick would be the one that would also take a majority of those left field at bats. So uh, Kelnick, Three home runs so far in spring training. Well, I
1: mean, what's the news that he's kind of changed his approach at the plate? Um, you know, th- it's the same thing, man. Like you always hear with these uh, big prospects that come up in the majors or earlier in their career, they struggle. Oh, yeah, they're working on their stance, they're working on their approach, they're shortening up their swing. You know, it's just kind of the whole routine for those struggling prospects. So, um, look, man, I mean, I'm excited for the start in spring training, but, like, let's uh, let's really take a look 40, 50 games in uh, once the season starts. You talked about A.J. Pollock. I think, really, I mean, A.J. Pollock's here in case Kelnick does not pan out, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if if you have another disastrous start with, for Kelnick, like, this is kind of sink or swim for him now. I mean... I don't know if he has any options left, if they can send him back to Tacoma. But I can tell you that if he's hitting sub 200, I mean, I think um, DePoto and Service are going to yank him a lot quicker. I think he's got a shorter lease, And then you you got to go just A.J. Pollock from that point on out in the outfield.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, though, because, I mean, again, these hype pieces are coming out. I mean, it's not even really necessary pieces because he is hitting – Home runs, and he has changed his approach. But you know, you just don't. It's, it. I mean, it's spring training, right? I mean, Gilbert threw. Was it Gilbert yesterday? I think Gilbert threw uh, 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 not even two innings and gave up three runs. You know, guys are working on things. There's for sure forty pitchers that the Mariners have trotted out there. You know what I mean? Half Mm -hmm. those guys aren't even going to sniff the major league roster. So it's just, you know, there's a lot there. But he's still only 23 years old. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Now, let me ask you this, Tim. So if if Kelnick is a bust, I mean, are the Mariners huge uh, losers in the Cano-Diaz-Kelnick trade with the Mets a few seasons ago?
0: I don't think so. Because I don't think if they still had Cano on the books, they would have made the deal and extension of a Luis Castillo or would have been willing to give Julio that massive contract that they gave him at the time that they gave him. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I mean, because they would still – I think – well, I mean, the contract, I guess, would be off the books now, but – you know, I mean, maybe they make it, but it just seems like, I mean, you just, it, it's kind of a sliding doors thing. Right. I mean, maybe they go after somebody else that uh, you know, some free agent that blocks somebody and then they don't make the moves that they make. Right. I mean, that's yeah. blah, 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 blah. No, I don't think uh, I mean, I think the trade did what it was designed to do for Seattle. And that was to free up a bunch of caps or yeah. Salary. Salaries, but I guess there's not a salary cap. And I guess there's a soft cap in baseball, but it's not. It's re- pretty much non-existent. But free up a, a bunch of money, I like, yeah. So.
1: yeah, and and I will say, like, I feel like Depoto has kind of a knack for finding these bullpen guys. I mean, oh, yes, Brash Munoz. I mean Castillo. All these guys that are the hard throwing late inning guys. I mean, look, they're no Diaz, but I mean they're they're pretty good pitchers that are going to be throwing the heat late in games. so you know i i think you know if Kelnick doesn't work out like you know you would you like to have diaz and uh not um give him up for basically a bust yeah sure but um a net impact i don't know if it really hurts the mariners that much um well,
0: i think it's kind of you know i think it's kind of viewed right i mean the the closers are kind of viewed like running backs right it's great to have them but i don't really know if you want to spend a ton of money on them yeah you know i mean and i I mean i would i I believe in having talent but closers are so volatile just like running back injuries are volatile Mm -hmm. you
1: know yeah yeah no that's true that's true so I mean, it, it'll be interesting, and you know, you're talking about the, the extensions for Castillo and uh, Julio. I know a lot of people were on the Mariners for not doing the free agents or doing any of the big free agent signings. I know you and I were talking about them possibly making a run at Aaron Judge, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad they didn't. Like we've seen from the Mariners that. They don't like doing. I mean, especially in the Depoto era, they don't like doing these big free agent signings because, for one, I think you got to overpay to get some of these guys to come to Seattle because people just don't want to come to Seattle. Man, it's it's a uh, you know you're not hitting a lot of home runs. It's a somewhat of a smaller market. Um, you know, guys kind of want to stay on the East Coast in these bigger markets, um, and so what the Mariners prefer to do is these trades you know they had a real nice trade to get Teoscar hernandez from the blue jays who i'm really excited for by the way this year i think that was that was a huge acquisition for the mariners um but you know you they extended castillo and they extended julio like i mean they gave a ton of money to these Proven commodities and these guys That want to stay in Seattle so like I feel like those are kind of on the Same level as big Free agent signings um, I think it was last season of The year before they they tried they actually did Try to go after a uh, story Couldn't get him they did try to go after Otani couldn't Get him so like I think the Mariners They will kind of test the waters in free Agency but they're gonna kind Of uh, you know pull back if they need to I mean they're not going to break the bank and give away the farm um, for these free agents which I like that approach because I mean you see like these players get these massive contracts and you got all this money tied up in one player and you know d- does the team is li- li- like a guaranteed go deep in the playoffs or World Series not necessarily
0: no and, and you know it, it's so much uh, I mean as we've seen with our favorite football team, the Seahawks, you are built best by free agency – or not free – but not by free agency, by drafting, right? I mean, the best Seahawks teams we've ever seen has been drafting. And then, you know, trades for players where you're not giving up too much. Like you mentioned, the Teoscar Hernandez deal, which they gave up, you know, a a good bullpen piece in Swanson, but they weren't using Swanson – in that last pivotal playoff game. So it kind of tells you what uh, what they thought of him in that sense. Right. And it's still a reliever. So, and as you mentioned, DePoto, uh, you know, the last – the uh, Woody Woodward, if we're going way back, was pretty bad at building a bullpen. But Gillick, Pavese, DePoto. Poto. These Mariners teams have had some pretty good bullpens the last 20 years when when we were growing up, you know, when we were kids, they just never had good bullpens. It's kind of weird. Weird to see. Yeah. How could yeah, exactly? Like. But to your point, are the are the Mariners better uh March 2nd 2023 than they were March 2nd 2022? Absolutely. The real question is are they better March 2nd, 2023, than they were, you know, August 3rd, 2022? Or not August, excuse me, October. October 2nd, you know, they're, when yeah. they're in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that that is the question. I have to say, though, like, um, kind of going through their lineup now, uh, do I think they're better? I do. I think uh, – yeah, you have to believe that Julio is going to be better. Um, the addition of Teoscar, um, you know, Pollock in there. I mean, Kelnick's going to be a question mark, but if he can just be like a little bit better than last year, I mean, he did pretty good when he was down when we brought him up down the stretch. So, um, you know, I have to believe that they are going to be better. One thing you got to remember, though, last year I think the Mariners were pretty banged up going down the stretch. Yeah. Um, We saw Ty France fall off a cliff second half of the year. I don't think that's the Ty France you're going to get, like, this year. Uh, But, you know, remember he was battling through some injuries. Like, he had the the elbow problem. Um, I think he was having trouble getting around um, kind of like the inside fastballs. Um, I saw a thing where um, my boy Ryan Divish with the uh, Seattle Times was saying that he was talking to scouts that a lot of opposing pitchers found a hole in his swing where if they pitched him inside under his hands, he couldn't get around on it and oh. uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't let it go. I mean, he would swing, and so it's just a pitch he couldn't hit, and so they're kind of hoping that he worked out that kink. But um, you know, you can't you can't imagine Ty France is going to be as bad as he was the second half of the year. Also, I gotta I gotta say I was I've always been a JP Crawford defender, um, and the only reason is because I, I went to the game at a Global Life Field against the Texas Rangers last year in June, where the Mariners were down I believe five to two in the top of the ninth, and I watched JP Crawford nine rows back score from first and I yelled out. I said, "Let's go, JP." And I think he heard me. So that's why he's my boy. And I'll, <laughs> I'll defend him forever.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But I think you're right, man. I I think um look look, am I ready to pull the plug on J, JP? No. But I think he was also battling some injuries last year like um <clears throat> in the field. Like uh, that 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 was not the JP that we saw when he won the gold glove in 2020 i mean that's not like flashy jp he was yeah he was not making the plays that he would normally make also just not getting really good contact on uh his play appearances so you know kind of turned into a hole in the lineup really um so you gotta you gotta get something more out of JP. but i mean dude plays like a maniac out there he plays just about every single game um one other thing uh one other point i was gonna bring up with you tim um If I asked you right now, AU Eugenio Suarez, what do you think his strikeout rate was um oh. on all of his plate appearances in 2022?
0: Strikeout rate, I would guess 31%. Dang, man, you're good. 31.2%. Wow. I, I yeah. did not know that. I was – I mean, I was just factoring in. I mean, he, I know he had close to 200 strikeouts and he had probably 600, close to 600 plate appearances.
1: But so, so here's the question. Like he strikes out 30% of the time, but dude also hits 30 bombs. So it's like, are you willing to accept that? Or is that 31 strikeout rate, 31% strikeout rate sustainable going into 2023? Or do we, do we think a Eugenio gets better? But I don't know. That's, that's somewhat concerning to me. So I will say
0: this about uh, – I'm just going to call him uh, Gino. Uh, Gino. Gino Suarez. I am not concerned about the strikeout rig. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, good. good if you're getting the 30 bombs, that's right. But I'm just worried that there's – with him, you know, he's probably the most likely player – from last year to regress uh, just based on, you know, he had his best season, one of his best years of his career. Now his last couple of years in Cincinnati, they were trying him at shortstop. So maybe him being back to third full-time and not having to worry about it, you know, that, that could be um, that, you know, I'm just worried that like, what if he drops down to 25 home runs is, He's still the player that he was last year. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I mean, the the dude is clutch, though. I mean, he was really good for us down the stretch. But another guy um, that we forget about that strikes out a lot, but also has some pop in his bat is Cal Raleigh.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: His strikeout percentage.
0: We're talking big dumper. Big dumper. Uh, I'm going to guess, boy, I want to say something like maybe like 29%. Are, do you have the stats in front no, of you? I, or something? I, am, I am literally, I mean, this is kind of a disgusting <laughs> visual. I'm sitting with my shirt off. I'm watching. Uh, I, I have the TV on with a replay of, you know, an AEW show. My cat's sitting next to me taking a bath, and I'm, I've got my feet up on the couch
1: your cat's taking a bath next to you <laughs> yeah in in the recliner
0: producer okay. stormy okay uh yeah
1: all right hey man well you, you must know a thing or two about strikeout rates for the mariners in 2022 but yes, <laughs> no. 29.4 percent so but hey for a catcher like uh, i'm afraid when uh cal hits free agency i mean dude's hitting 27 bombs as a catcher i mean that that would be a hot commodity for any team to have
0: well he's nice he's a switch hitter and uh do not be surprised if they do what they've done with other players and uh you know buy out some of those arbitration years Mm. and get him on a you know here's here's five or six years and uh, you know, we'll give you sixty million dollars. You know that might be that might be something. I Maybe mean, that it's might true. be true. Oh, but
1: you know, another th- interesting thing too. Talking about that um and spending some money. Do you think the Mariners will make a run at Otani next season?
0: Do I think they will?
1: Yes. Do I think they'll be
0: successful? Absolutely not.
1: Well. Here's the thing I was thinking about. So I I think the Mariners were what? The runner up in the first Otani sweepstakes, right? I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. So Japanese culture, right? You know, there's not, there's a lot of honor in trying to, um, you know, go to a team and help the players win, not necessarily go to the big flashy market and make all the big dollars but I mean, Otani has said he wants to win, and I can guarantee you the Angels probably aren't going to be winning anything anytime soon. Gets to stay on the West Coast. I mean, I have to think the Mariners are gearing up, and probably you know this is a could potentially be a reason why they didn't open up their uh, checkbook this last offseason is that they are going to make a run at Otani because you know another thing with Otani, he I mean the the dude brings um brings in the money i mean he's such a phenom pitcher and hitter i mean you got to think the value that he would bring like people coming to watch the games all the time at at t-mobile park just to see otani you know similar to like when we had griffey back with the mariners um so i don't know i i i have a sneak sneaky suspicion that they are going to try to get him i am kind of with you I, i don't know if we quite you know, have what it takes to do it, but um, I think they're going to make a strong offer.
0: So I will tell you this: I uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, you stay on the West Coast, the and yeah, I think they might have. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know, lowballed on offers, but but I will say, I will say this: I am curious what the uh money will be for him you know because he's a pitcher and a hitter so do you pay him like he's a top hitter and a top pitcher so that would probably be like 50 million right uh it's gonna be some ungodly amount yeah yeah so and you know do you i mean do you give a 10 year 500 million dollar deal i mean that would coincide with julio's deal but here's my other question what if, if you're him? I mean, we don't know him, but hypothetically, if you're Otani, what if the Mets owner, who just has all this money, throws a ten-year, seven hundred fifty million dollar contract your way?
1: Oh my god, it's just insane that we're even talking about those numbers. But oh I mean, yeah, how do you turn that down, though? I mean, that's honestly, what I mean. It it's
0: just it just seems like. Seattle might be the best place and they might be within reason. But if the Mets owner, who you know, is spending all this money, especially if they don't win a championship this year, you know, if the I mean, may, maybe for the Mariners' sake, it'd be best if the Mets won the World Series this year, um, <laughs> so that they don't go after Otani, um. But, I mean, uh, uh, of course, if we can't win the World Series, us, we being the Mariners. uh, Right. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, when you have an owner, I mean, that's awesome for Mets fans. But, I mean, that would be the player to get.
1: I mean, and so then if we're not going after Otani, you got to figure out how we're going to keep Teoscar Hernandez next year. Because he's going to be hitting free agency. And now there's not going to be a lot of free agents, like a lot of big hitters going out in free agency next year. I mean, and so do you think the Mariners are going to be able to try to keep Hernandez uh, with the team? I mean, I guess it really all depends on kind of how this year pans out, but um, I don't know, man, if you're uh, Hernandez's agent, are you saying like, now you need to get out of Seattle. Don't, don't sign long-term there because, you know, t Mobile Park not super hitter friendly with homers and whatnot. I mean, he could obviously go somewhere else and, and have uh you know bigger, bigger slugging stats. But um, you know, th- there's a lot of question marks going into the next offseason too. But I-, I do have a sneaky suspicion they gotta ha- spend some money somewhere. If it's not Otani, I mean you gotta you're gonna have to throw a lot of money at Hernandez too.
0: Yeah, and, and the nice thing about Hernandez, he uh He's got 600 career games. 239 of them are in left field. So it is possible that, you know, if you win the Otani sweepstakes and Teoscar has a good year, you could get them both. But I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of faith in the Mariners front office. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, that'd be a ton of money. That would be
0: a lot of money. But I mean, all the money. I think based on location and where the team is peaking right now, I think that is the best – yes, I think the best place for uh, him is – I mean, the place that would make most sense would be Seattle, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm just saying, though, I mean, there's going to be some, uh, some teams out there that are going to want to spend on that, uh, that big hitter. But, no, I agree. No, and I, I think uh, from what I've seen, you know, he's settled in well with teammates and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I have no reason to think that he wouldn't be happy here would want to stay. Um, but looking at the team, like, as a whole, I'm going up and down the lineup here, man. Like, I can't see a spot where we've gotten worse from last year. I love what we were going to be doing at second base. I'm a big Colton Wong fan, uh, followed him a little bit last year, um, and uh, I think it's a great addition, man. Um, I, I thought Adam Frazier was not that great, um, so I think if we're going to be doing the uh, Colton Wong uh, platoon with, uh, is it Dylan Moore?
0: Uh, yes, Moore, Dylan. assuming Moore is healthy. Yeah, more and then
1: whatever you got, Haggerty that could probably go in there as well. Um, so I, I like that a lot better than Fraser, quite honestly. So uh, looking at this team, man, I I, I just feel like we're we're kind of better, and I, I feel like some of our younger players are going to naturally evolve and just be um, more experienced and uh, produce more.
0: My concern is last year. Frazier was coming off an all-star season and people were excited for him, you know, and I know what you're saying. Wong has a better track record uh, than Frazier did, but I I just, I I just worry he's on that wrong side of 30, but uh, pretty much if he has a pulse, he should be better than Frazier.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. I mean, how many times have we seen that where, you know, all-star player, Comes to Seattle, you know, doesn't live up to the hype. Jesse Winker – Winker was an all-star, right? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he did for us was fight the Angels dugout, which seemed to uh, ignite our season.
0: But You know, the uh, best part think, of that, yeah. though, the best part of Winker coming in – oh, yeah, the fight was – yeah, you're right. The fight was the best part. Uh, the other part was to get Winker uh, – we had to, or the Mariners had to take back the Gino Suarez contract. So it kind of helped, you know, Winker did yeah. a, another good thing. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, like
0: when that went
1: through, I mean, was it, Winker was kind of the piece and Suarez was just like, okay,
0: you know, just kind of an afterthought really. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the hope was you bring Winker in who's not really reliant on power per se. He put him in left field and he's going to be a 300 hitter for you. Right. You know, but he couldn't hit and sounds like from all reports, uh, wasn't particularly well loved in the in the um, clubhouse and also didn't really take practice seriously.
1: I remember that game, man, where he dogged it in left field, let a ball go between his legs. It was totally like unacceptable for like a major league player. And that was kind of his undoing. And, you know. The quote-unquote neck injury going
0: into the playoffs—I don't think they wanted him around the team, man. No, no, yeah, there was, yeah, that was that was very interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, like we kind of talked about when we started talking baseball, it really comes down to or to baseball talking about the Mariners. The team will be much, much improved if. Kelnick can even hit you know a fraction of his potential oh guaranteed I mean he has all the potential
1: in the world like dude dude could be a legit superstar but we're not even asking him to be a superstar we're just asking him to be like an average outfielder if we could get that out of him like you know I I, this this Lineup will be so much improved from last year that, I mean, it will be exciting. I think we could really rack up some wins for sure.
0: 250,
1: 15 to 20 home runs. That's all we need, man. Yeah. That's all we need now. Solid defense. I, uh, exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I've seen some of the predictions yeah. for win totals and, you know, where where teams are going to place. A lot of them still saying Mariners, even second or third, like low to mid 80s for wins. Um, I feel that's like a little bit too low. Um, what do you
0: think? So I was uh, recently at a Bet uh, MGM sports book uh, that is nowhere near my work. Um okay. <laughs> right by my work. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I looked at the Mariners over under win total, and it was eighty eight and a half, hmm. which I feel is like—I feel like that's fair. That's a perfect number. They've had two yeah. ninety win. They've had two ninety win seasons, uh, or back to back ninety win seasons. Uh, you know, because even if the Mariners win eighty eight games, it doesn't mean they're a worse team than they were last year. True. You know, because eighty eight wins will get them into the playoffs guaranteed but, Guaranteed, yeah but i will say this there's this always this belief and and i think it's i think it's a problem with advanced statistics sometimes uh, you know there there's some teams and players that get uh, higher projections than they probably should i.e. the angels like you know you mentioned <laughs> you, you when you were talking about oh Tani, a few minutes ago. I mean, you were saying the angels are going nowhere and they really are. Cause, cause they, or they really aren't. I, I, I grammatically, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Jordan. You know what I'm trying to say. They don't really have a great pitching. <laughs> they don't have a great pitching. No, I mean, no. their, their big free agent pitching a- uh, acquisition was Tyler Anderson, who was a deadline uh, pickup for us, for the Mariners in 2021, who they didn't, tender and went to the Dodgers and had a phenomenal year with a great offensive lineup behind him. I mean, he's a good pitcher, solid pitcher, but I mean, and Trout seems to always get hurt. You know, there's too much to rely on Otani. Um, Anthony Rendon, they threw a bunch of money at him. He can never stay healthy. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, they that, got so
1: much wrapped up into, you know, big, big names. I mean, all the money going to Trout, all the money going to go into Otani. Yeah, they got two or three studs, but they do not have a supporting cast.
0: Exactly. And then, and then look at the, look at the Rangers, right? The Rangers come out and they have, uh, they signed Jacob deGrom, who Jacob deGrom is like our age. I mean, he's like, he's not quite, but he's, he's 35 already. 34, 35. <laughs> And he's barely made, I don't even know if he's made 200 starts in his career. You know, and he's always getting hurt. And, you know, they have Corey Seager. And Seager was very disappointing. And Marcus Simeon had a uh, rough beginning of the year. Um, You know, their pitching has not been great. And then you got the Mariners who just have all this pitching. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, if you're Corey Seager and you're looking at, your contract with the Rangers, yeah, you're getting a lot of money, but man,
0: like do you see the Rangers
1: going anywhere anytime
0: soon? No. I yeah. I don't. And and for DeGrom will be 35 in June, and I was wrong. He's made 209 career starts. But okay. for someone being 35, I mean I mean, granted I'm talking Felix Hernandez, but Felix probably had 209 starts by the time he was twenty five. <laughs> Or 26, (laughs) you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But
0: I I, I don't think, you know, the
1: bottom three teams, the AL West, I mean, I think they're going to be the same same ones. I mean, Angels probably aren't going to do anything. Rangers, definitely not. And then the A's are the A's. Um, But the question is, I mean, are these current Seattle Mariners good enough to overtake the Astros finally?
0: I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I, I, th- I think the – now, I don't think the Astros are as good as they were last year, though. I Probably mean, not. I mean, like, they – the Astros have a ton of talent. And, you know, maybe their offense is better. Uh, you know, maybe not really maybe about it. I mean, they, they lost – Guerrell, but they brought in Jose Abreu. But is a 36-year-old bat. Now, granted, they're just going to ask him to play first base, but he's pretty good. But Bregman's a little banged up. Pena was a rookie. He's pretty good. But Altuve, you got to think, is a little bit, uh, you know, on the decline. But then you've got Tucker and Alvarez, right? Yeah. Then you're like that. But pitching, they lost the Cy Young Award winner. True. You know, in Verlander. But they have – Valdez and Javier. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got some phenomenal arms, but, you know. But there's still, what, 16 games between the Mariners and the Astros last year.
1: It's just too much ground to make up. I mean, like, so there's good teams, and then there's just, like, upper echelon good teams, and that's, that's the Astros. Like, you could probably project them to be win total somewhere in the mid to upper 90s. And then I think the Mariners, they are good, but they're just not quite on that level. But, I mean, the Mariners win total, you probably got mid-80s, maybe close to 90 wins. Maybe toying with the Astros as we get into early September, maybe mid-September. But, um, you know, I just mm-hmm. think projections over the the long course of the season, the, I mean, the Astros are better.
0: And, and the biggest thing, too, with the Mariners, Their pitching staff last year, nobody got hurt True in the rotation. So you got to factor that in. And, And we didn't really talk about it too much. They have Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, who was not on the team at the beginning of the year, George Kirby, who was in the minors to start the year, Logan Gilbert, who will be in his second full season. And then those are your top four. And then think about it. You've got Flexen and Marco who both left off playoff roster, but uh, both very good. Uh, or not? I, I'm not a huge Marco fan, but both would be more than capable of, of being a five starter on pretty much every major league baseball team.
1: Dude, they're so deep um, with the rotation and the bullpen, obviously one of their strengths and, think of how many one run games we've been winning the last two seasons. I mean, that's just a testament to the bullpen and, and our pitchers. And so, you know, if we lose one or two guys in the rotation this year for any sort of amount of time, like, I feel like we'll be okay. Same with the bullpen. Uh, Where I don't think we can absorb it is uh, our guys in the field and in the lineup. And we saw that hurt us last year with, uh, JP playing banged up. Ty France playing banged up. Suarez broke his finger last year. I mean, it all. I, Julio Rodriguez with his uh, back problems last year. And so, um, like, I just don't think we're as deep in the lineup because, like, any of those guys get, go out. I mean, it's Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty time.
0: Yeah, that's – I mean, that that's the problem, yeah, because – Think about it. If uh, Robbie Ray gets hurt, that would suck because they're paying him a lot of money. But you've got uh, either Marco or Flexen who didn't make the rotation. Plus, you've got a guy, Emerson Hancock, who is one of your top pitching prospects. And you have uh, Bryce Miller, who's considered possibly competing for that fifth starter role. And those are two guys, Hancock and Miller, who have never thrown a pitch in a regular season major league game. So you have that. Yeah. And you're right about the bullpen. The only concern about the bullpen is it's been two great years of one-run games. And, you know, again, I was railing against stat heads. But there is – usually there is some regression at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you feel like you're going to kind of be on the – the losing side of those one-run games, weird stuff happens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. You're also, you know, I'm kind of being an optimist and hoping that we're not having those same injury woes going down the uh, latter half of the season as we did last year. So, you know, <clears throat> there's stuff that could go our way, and there's definitely some stuff that could turn on us. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I would just say my general um, – evaluation of the team is they're good they're not super deep um in the lineup they got great pitchers I can keep them in any game um they're a hungry team man and um you know with with service and these young guys that that want to win I mean like we've seen these late inning heroic games a lot more it's super fun to watch so like I wouldn't put anything past them. I would just say they're just not as good as like an Astros, but they're a good team. But, you know, man, I mean, like, if you can just get into the playoffs, like, if you It's a different season. Exactly. If you just have strong pitching into the playoffs and you can, you know, get a couple of key hits, I mean, you're going deep in the playoffs. and. They were right there last year, man. They just needed to get a couple of base hits. um you know, we had a close I think it was Kelnick that almost hit that home run in uh, yeah. game two of the ALDS That was either it was like caught on the wall or something like that, but um they were close, man. they were right there. They just need some stuff to break their
0: way in the playoffs. well, and you bring up a great point uh, you know it's you just need some breaks, you know I mean, just think about game one. Where, I mean, yeah, cool. they brought in Robbie Ray for some, you know, I, now I would say unexplained reason, even though they've tried to explain it. And uh, Alvarez just gets a hold of it. And then you talked about another one, Castillo, who pitched so well his first start, uh, playoff start in Toronto for the Mariners. And just a few inches off and he goes opposite. But Alvarez again goes opposite field. And then Alvarez really didn't do much. But well, didn't nope. do anything the next game. No batter did anything except Pena in that last in that last game, and then didn't do much in the ALCS or really the World Series. Same man. And what, what was
1: it? Altuve was like over twenty
0: one at one. Oh point. yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. You... So
1: yeah, I mean, like Ray makes one mistake, we lose game one. Should have won that one. Game two, Luis Castillo pitches a ball. Um, what is it, three, four inches off the plate? I mean, like, how can you expect a guy? I mean, you're not really pitching to Alvarez in that situation, right? I mean, like, service yeah. knows what he's capable of. Pitch around the guy. He basically was doing that. Throws a ball off the plate, and the dude hits it opposite field for a three-run homer um so yeah i mean the astros got the big hits props to them you know they moved on mariners didn't didn't get them but yeah i mean you, you need the big breaks in the playoffs you need a little bit of luck and it's kind of anybody's guess when you get in the playoffs but you know it's the, the good teams over the course of that 162 game season i mean it's the good teams that are there at the end so mariners were definitely there man um man i just i just hope they can uh you know make some noise in the playoffs this year
0: yeah, and, and I'm with you. I mean, I, I uh, you know, it's yeah, they they made it. They they made the uh they made their own luck in those opportunities. And uh but I will tell you this there is a guy on the Mariners roster who over the next three years will be earning 18 million dollars. He's a skill player. You have not mentioned him. I have not mentioned him. He's been very unmentionable. But if we could see this guy in the lineup, it would it would be good for a number of reasons, but he hasn't shown anything to do that. Evan White. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Evan White. Oh, okay. hey, we don't Sorry, know much about him. You, you know what, Jordan? That was bad by me. I didn't even give you a chance to say guess who it is. I just went for it, and I apologize. <laughs> That's a bad teammate on me, Jordan. Bad teammate.
1: Hey man, I'm I'm sitting here with my shirt off on the wow. couch. Yeah, you gotta
0: you gotta give me a chance too. Yeah, My sorry, cat's... sorry. You got you got uh all elite wrestling on in the background?
1: <laughs> My cat's taking a bath right next to me. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> Evan White. Um, what do, what do we know about him?
0: Well, he's had some injuries. They've changed his swing. They went they drafted him as an outfielder. He was gold glove Count. Cal- I mean, he's won a major league gold glove. At, uh, at first base there's some talk maybe moving him to outfield but I would say this I think the biggest thing is if you could get what, what would be the best lineup for the Mariners Um, would it be not having Ty France play first base and maybe Ty France just focus on hitting and have Evan White who's a very good defender now some argue that first base defense isn't particularly uh the the most useful or you know, the you know, the the drop off isn't too bad, but you have a guy like White that is gold glove caliber at first base. You have France focus on being a DH and he could spell Gino uh from time to time because he has played third yeah. base. I don't know. True. I I just feel like it gives you more options if Evan White can hit
1: but well we don't know what i mean we don't know what evan white <laughs> we're going to get I mean, no I mean, coming back like i mean are we for sure he's going to be on the roster to start the season
0: uh i don't think so i think the i think you send him down to triple a right and let him get some everyday work yeah granted i i didn't see today's stats but i know he was like one of six so far in spring training but that one hit was a home run yeah
1: yeah, I mean, well, you know, there there's some depth right there. If something does happen to France, I mean, you don't really have to worry about it. But, um,
0: man, I don't know.
1: I feel like France is kind of like a core piece of what we're doing and to kind of pull him out of his everyday role. I don't, I don't know if that's something they're willing to do.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's something. But, I mean, he would still have an everyday role playing a DH, though true because
1: i mean who, who's
0: who's basically their uh, everyday dh at the they right don't hand. have one i mean it's it's, it's interesting because depoto was talking about how you know oh him and Holl- hollander uh who hollander is actually the gm depoto is what president we're talking earlier uh this year about how we don't really need a dh it's going to be a rotating position but the Mariners the last few years have been horrible at that rotating DH. And, you know, some people have suggested, why not focus on getting a person whose sole job is to be a hitter at DH instead of giving guys days off, you know, saying that's their day off position.
1: Wasn't that supposed to be uh, Carlos Santana last year? It was,
0: but, you know, and he – Santana was weird, right? Because he had some massive hits. And then he, and then he was just – he'd get you two massive hits, and then he'd go over for 10, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but they brought him in partway through. But, you know, there was a guy like Josh Bell got signed by the Guardians, you know, and he could play first base, but he's a DH. You know, there's 275 and 20 home runs right there, though. Yeah. Well, uh, your boy Tommy
1: LaStella, though, that they acquired in the <laughs> offseason. I mean, uh, a lot of people think that – He's probably going to be – well, he's going to probably platoon at second, probably some with Wong. But um, he's a pretty decent hitter. I mean, I do like the rotating um, DH instead of bringing, like, the in the one guy. I mean, it just gives him more versatility. But um, I agree with you. You kind of like to have that cornerstone at DH. I mean, we got spoiled with Edgar all those years. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's been kind of a – not a a kind of a black hole for us over the last several seasons. I agree with you on Santana dude. Definitely delivered some massive homers when we needed them, but like he was sub 200 hitter. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I was shocked. Pittsburgh gave him a contract. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, I I was kind of hoping the Mariners would bring him in as a, uh, you know it's like a spring training invitee you know see so you know, maybe he'd get that but then pittsburgh just outright was like yo here's a contract
1: that was that was pretty shocking yeah quite honestly but i mean like a dude with uh, home run power i mean normally those guys get
0: signed isn't isn't nelson cruz still playing yeah he got uh signed, like a one-year one million dollar deal with the uh padres <laughs> wow yeah is cano finally done uh yeah, he got he got cut a couple of times last year. I think he was with the Padres and the Braves at one point. In these, yeah, I, I minor league like, systems, yeah, he went to like yeah, three different teams. Yeah, yeah, so, it started, um, started with the Mets. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: While we're uh, still in the Mariners, I got I got a tweet for you since you're you're an, an- announcer guy. I mean, I know that you, uh, oh yeah, kind of work. You worked closely with the Mariners a number of years ago, so you're you're familiar with the announcing team. Yeah. I want to get your take on this. Uh, this is from your boy Luke Mariners uh, underscore Luke on Twitter. Yeah, having having to watch other teams broadcast on MLB TV makes me realize. How shitty a lot of MLB broadcasters are. It makes me appreciate Sims, Goldie, and
0: Blowers. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> uh, I actually I, li- I, I like Sims. Uh, though I think Sims is uh, it, Sims has grown on, on me. Uh, he's a lot better at football and uh, basketball though. But you know, he loves the Mariners, and so that's awesome to me. Uh, yeah. Blowers, I mean, the guys from Spanaway played at Tacoma Community College and UW and the Mariners. Great, great, great. You know, Blowers does a great job. Gold, Goldie, I like Goldie, but he's just two – all announcers under the age of, like, 40 or 45, they're all just generic to me, like – Goldsmith is very good but I just feel like uh, you know that that guy I know he's saying there's a lot of you know what what did he say you know uh, he, he used a uh, term about fecal matter um, <laughs> uh, but uh, to describe it but I will say this uh, Rick Riz is is well I mean obviously it was kneehouse and Riz, but Riz will always be the uh gold standard for me for Mariners broadcasters yeah no I definitely agree with that Your boy, Curry, I mean, obviously Niehaus hasn't yeah. been with us for like a decade so well
1: your boy Goldie almost left the team in the offseason you saw that right yeah he uh I guess he was in the uh the final running for was it the Cardinals it the Cardinals now? yeah yeah so that was that was a little bit crazy but um, I would, I would say that I love, uh, Goldie's excitement. I always kind of, uh, I, I never thought like Sims would get too excited and like yell for the home runs, you know, all those things that we were treated to with knee house growing up. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 didn't like how Sims didn't get excited. I feel like he's kind of kicked it up a notch in the last couple of seasons, but, um, Blowers, I think is one of the best color guys in the game. Like he, he knows oh, yeah. the ins and outs. So. Um, it is really a good team. And uh, in my undisclosed location in Texas, I, I do plan on getting MLB TV this year watching games. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this, both Sims and Goldie, I, I think it's always tough when you have guys like take Sims, for example. Sims was a very accomplished broadcaster before he got the Mariners job. He just hadn't really done baseball, right? And so he gets this baseball TV role. Well, we don't know, you know, I don't know if a guy who's from Philadelphia that, you know, worked at WFAN, the, you know, the first sports talk radio station in the country, when they launched, you know, you don't know how long he is for Seattle, but he seemed to make Seattle his home. And same thing with Goldie. Goldie gets the opportunity after Niehaus passes and, you know, they hire him and he comes you know, like one year of doing triple I mean, he got a rocket strapped to him. I mean, he was in the majors in his 20s. And you just wonder, yeah. okay, he's from the Midwest. Maybe he's going to dip for a better job. And he's getting national gigs. But, no, they both, uh, they both are Seattleites now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, let me ask you this. I want the official – Tim prediction for how the Mariners will end their season. Are we talking wild card loss round? Are we talking ALCS? Are we talking further? What's your official prediction?
0: I am going to have to say it'll be a very similar year to last year. I think the wild card loss, but I think – what I do think is, I think they will win a game in the wild card round, but ultimately lose the wild card series. Yes, so is it still called, Wait, hold gonna... on. Is it still called? Sorry, let me let me rephrase that. I said it wrong. I I'm I'm calling the division. I meant to say division. They'll do what they did. Listen, they'll make the division round, and they will uh, uh, losing the ALDS. Losing the ALDS. Thank you division series i i don't know why i called it wild card i think it used to be called wild card it doesn't matter uh, way back in the day I, I think they'll but they'll win a game in the division series this time around what what say you i am going to
1: raise your prediction okay i listen man i saw it firsthand last year i i was actually believe it or not I went to the game with my father-in-law. Um, you know him, Don. And um, we were <laughs> the... driving home in reverse, right? Yeah, Okay, we thank you. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, it was a long drive home in reverse. But, you know, we had a good conversation. Him and I were convinced after the game two ALD lo- ALDS loss against Houston that the Mariners were still going to win the series. We thought they could do it. Yeah. Um, So I am saying that they do catch the breaks in the playoffs this season. And I think you're going to see them go to the American League Championship Series. Unfortunately, they're not going to get over the hump there. I say they lose in six, but um, that's what I'm going with. And now, look, I mean, we haven't watched an American League Championship Series since we were in high school. Yeah. So, like, I feel like you take that, but. Um, their, their world series window, I believe is opening. And I think you're going to probably see it here in the next three or four seasons.
0: So I assume that you think it will be the Astros again, that will uh, be taking out our Mariners. Uh, Probably something like that.
1: I mean, you know, it, it all depends like how all the seedings go. I mean, it could be the Yankees or something like that, but, um,
0: yeah, yeah, probably something like that. Astros, Yankees. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, Yankees. I the 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 thing about the Yankees, they're pitching. Granted, Cole's very good, but I mean, I don't know if their pitching is on on par with you know with a team like the Mariners. But I they you would, no- I yeah. I think the Astros are really the only team that would take out the Mariners. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think they still got our number,
1: man. I yeah. Mean, they eat us. They eat us up in the regular season. Um, I mean, they did handle us in the playoffs last year, although close. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I, I think Astros are really still the team to beat in the AL for sure.
0: So, with all that being said, what do you think the Mariners will do to improve their team during the season? Do you think they will? I do.
1: I think if, uh, well, I, I think at the deadline they're going to make some moves for sure. I Like I said, I think they need to be deeper in the lineup. So they're probably going to try to get some sort of a bat, I think near the deadline. Um, we've seen them do that before. So, um, I mean, it's really just going to depend on how the, uh, the flow of the season goes. I mean, if we lose a starting pitcher, or if we lose a, a bullpen uh, guy, but I mean, you got you got your boy Miller waiting in the wings that could be coming up here yeah. for September call-ups, potentially sooner. I mean, I know you were saying that he might even make the roster. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do what they need to do to bolster the the team. I mean, they're not going to go crazy and, like, trade away a bunch of prospects, but they'll do what they need to do.
0: Yeah, and, and I, think, I think to your point, I think with, you know, I, I think Miller probably because he's considered – their best top pitching prospect. I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade him. But no, you you have Hancock, who you could trade for a bat, uh, and you also have um, you know uh, Flexen and Marco Gonzalez. That could also possibly be trade chips too, if you if you desperately need a bat at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to trading prospects. Ah, man, I like Flexen. I'd hate to see us trade him. I guess I would just have to see who we would get in return. I, I trade Marco. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know if the uh, the return for Marco would be the same for what you would get for Flexen. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: gotcha. so. it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting season. I, I, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, it, we haven't seen. ALCS baseball since we were uh, in high school but you know they have brought the hope back I mean you and I have always followed the Mariners but you know uh, there's a renewed interest if you will whether you call that fair weather fandom or not I don't think it is
1: I'll say man from what 2004 to like 2000 whatever I mean I guess the last year of Jack C there's a lot of false optimism man a lot of false hope for yeah. the Mariners like you remember signing Adrian Beltre and Richie Sexton and bringing in Bedard and giving up Adam Jones like you felt like okay let's kind of put him over the top like these those, the Mariners were so bad from 2005 to like 2019 like this is the most hope and optimism that we've really had since like the late nineties and early two thousands. And so, um, I really do believe it, man. I think, uh, they're going to finally get that world series ring probably here in the next three or four seasons. So it's going to be super exciting to watch this year. I'm going to go watch them myself. Um, I'm going to head up to uh, global life field, watch them take on the Rangers in June. So, uh, I'll be able to get a first-hand scouting report for you, bring it back to courts and fields.
0: Oh, yeah. so. but, can, I, can I ask you this question? It, it, it's kind of a... It might be too tough to answer. It might be a ridiculous question to ask. Julio Rodriguez, can he ever match Griffey, or is that just an unfair question?
1: Well... I mean, like, match him how? I mean, they're, they're two different players. Like, Griffey was a home run slugger. Julio's not quite that. I mean, Julio has some pop in his bat, but, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to get you 45, 50 homers in a season. Um, but, like, on a superstar level, like, can he match? Can he be to Seattle what Griffey was to Seattle? I do think so. I mean, it's a different generation of Mariners fans coming up. But, you know, us Mariners fans remember the early 90s, mid-90s, Griffey. So, like, in our eyes, I don't know if, if Griffey can ever be replaced. I mean, he's, like, once in a lifetime. But um, I think in this new generation, like, I think Julio could definitely be uh, the superstar that, that Griffey was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, <clears throat> it's kind of an unfair question, right? Because Griffey... Now, not that I have to explain it to you but <clears throat> Griffey where they're similar is Griffey was the hope for the franchise that you know had a decade in when they drafted him and finally made it you know they were like 12 years in Julio is the hope for a you know franchise that hadn't been to the playoffs in two decades uh but Griffey his marketability not not saying anything about the ability to market Julio because he has a uh, great smile, seems like a great guy, but Griffey, it was just a different time. You know, Nike shoes. He was the face of Nike uh, after Jordan and before Tiger Woods. He was a, uh, I mean, Nintendo based in Seattle, had multiple Ken Griffey Jr. baseball games when, you know, players weren't being put on the cover. Very few players were being put on the cover of sports games. Yeah. So. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. I mean, um, you know, I, I think Julio's just getting started, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm so glad we locked him up. I mean, um, I think you could see a lot of the same things that kind of Griffey brought, you know, Julio. I mean, you're going to see the big sponsorships the big brands attaching their names to him, um, for sure. I mean, he's, he's the real deal, man. He's, he's also a once-in-a-lifetime phenom.
0: Ah, you love to see it. And, as we've talked about, hopefully Kelnick, who at one time was believed to be a 1A to Julio's 1B, or maybe he was always the 1B to Julio's 1A, but almost on par with Julio. Hopefully, as we've talked about, we can see... Some of that from him.
1: Kalnick wanted to come in and be like what Russell Wilson was to Seattle, man. And now here he is like hanging on by a thread to his major league baseball career. That's how poorly it has
0: started for that young man. But I hope he turns it around this year. I hope so as well. Well, Jordan, anything else that you want to add? Anything else we need to touch on before we we bid you?
1: Well, hey man, uh, give me two or three weeks. I'm gonna scour Twitter. I'm
0: gonna okay. find
1: some stuff that pisses you off, <laughs> and uh, I'll be back here in a little while, and uh, we'll run them past you.
0: All right, and we'll talk. We'll talk some more. Uh, we'll have some baseball. You know, maybe we'll do it after uh, you know, maybe a week or two into the baseball season, and uh, you can give us uh, some of your thoughts. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks again to Jordan Youngs. And if we could all share his optimism on the 2023 Mariners. Like I said, I'm very hopeful that Kelnick can finally turn it around. That maybe Evan White can turn it around. And that the Mariners pitching staff can stay healthy. But we'll have Jordan on like we said. Uh, You know, week or two into the season. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't uh, bring on these tweets to try and piss me off. Actually, I enjoy it. Uh, His words, of course, not mine. But actually, no, those are my words, too. But, yes, I look forward to uh, seeing what, uh, what he can do to upset me with fan bases from around the country. I'm Tim Kelly. This has been courts and fields.